Welcome to the Nerd Party. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Throwback Paperback. I'm one of your hosts, Charles Sheeland. And I'm the other host, Asia Bonilla, and we are back again this week finishing The Giver Quartet by Lois Lowry, the whole series, but specifically book four, Sun. And as we like to tell you every single week, we're a book club podcast with the Nerd Party Network, and we read and reread YA books from our adolescents. And I had originally read The Giver and Gathering Blue, the first two books before, but I'd never read the second or the third and fourth, the second half. So they were new to me, but the whole series was new to Asia as well. And as the newcomer, I'll go ahead and give a quick plot summary for anyone who needs a refresher of the main plot points of the reading. So Claire is getting her memories back, and she decides to climb out of the pit of this village to go find her son, who we know is Gabriel. And Anar starts to help her train so that she can make the climb, and she does successfully, where she meets Trademaster at the top. And he asks for her youth in exchange for her to be able to go see her son. So she ends up in Jonas, Kira, Maddie, and Gabe's community, but as an old lady. And she ends up telling Jonas her story, and Jonas sends Gabe to kill Trademaster, which he does. And that's pretty much the end. That was the end of the book. So I was definitely disappointed (laughs) by this ending yet again so i just i completely understand now why the only known book of this series is the giver because it's honestly just the only well done like complete book in my opinion but what about you charles what did you think yeah my definitely finishing the reading i would i liked the neatness of the book but i thought the ending wasn't great and My biggest thing is that I would not recommend this series to someone who liked The Giver. Like, if someone read The Giver and they enjoyed it, I wouldn't tell them to keep reading the series. (laughs) Which, you know, kind of sounds like an insult, you know? Kind of sounds a little embarrassing. Yes, but that makes sense for you not to recommend it because the rest of the books aren't anything like The Giver. Like, except for book one of Sun, which... I have thoughts about that and my final conclusion, which we'll talk about at the end. Yeah, I I have more thoughts about that too, but so that we don't get bogged down talking about the whole thing. I have a cute or cute. I have an anecdote about how I felt about the end of the book that I'll share at the end as well once we get there. But let's just go through the plot there again. Not that much. So back in the, the community where Claire is recovering, she's triggered by watching another woman give birth, obviously. And that brings back a bunch of memories. And now she can remember that she has a son and she needs to go find him. And Alice says that she doesn't know what a C-section is. So Claire probably did not have a hysterectomy, which was my, you know, theory at the beginning. But Claire is now considered stained in this community for having a child out of wedlock because, you know, the stupid patriarchy. And Andras, the crazy man who wants to own Claire, doesn't want her anymore, which is honestly good news. (laughs) Yeah, except that he literally says it to her face. He literally calls her stained, and she's like, can I explain? And he's like, no. Like, like what a terrible, terrible man. I mean, we already know he was a terrible man, but <laughs> yes, that is awful for Claire. 
But I did have a question about Anar because he was when he's talking about his experience with his father, which it's clear that like he didn't have a good relationship with him. He says that I was a wife in other ways too terrible to mention because just a little backstory. I don't know if we talked about this in the last episode, but Anar, he his mother died giving birth to him. So his father like blames him for killing his wife. So Anar basically kind of served as like the wife figure in their household. And so that's why he says this. I was a wife in other ways, too terrible to mention about his father. And for me, I was just like, is that him saying basically that his father raped him? Because if so, Claire, I feel is also right because they are talking about how he Anar wanted to kill his father, but he never did it. And Claire was like, you should have killed him. Like if he was doing that to you, he definitely should have killed him. Yeah, I took that to mean that his father raped him. I am pretty sure that's what that meant. And, you know, again, terrible, terrible man. And also just, like, it starts from, like, what kind of a terrible culture you're in where, like, a child is blamed for the death of a mother during childbirth. Like, like that's insane. And if you're already coming at, like, life from that perspective... Like, but yes, I did take that as Einar's father raping him, which is absolutely horrific. And, but, you know, Einar being the good person that he is, he doesn't begrudge Claire her opportunity, and he decides he's going to train Claire to climb out of the village. And probably, this may have been my favorite section in the book, because it was like they were training for the Olympics, and I thought it was (laughs) freaking hysterical to read. Yeah, it was definitely very, very nice to read. Yeah, so, like, okay, I have a couple couple moments. So, like, basically, like, they would do something, and I'll be like, okay, we're doing leg day for a week. And then they'll be like, okay, now we're going to add weights, and you have to do all blindfolded. But some of the things <laughs> that I thought were important to mention during this, like, it's just the the moral of, like, self-improvement, you know, is quite strong and also she's doing this for herself which i think is awesome it's not she's not doing it for i mean i guess she's technically doing it for a man because it's her son but she's not doing this for a romantic interest this is doing for a personal uh a motherly love a motherly love which i think is awesome and she the thing that i thought actually this made me think of asia but um einar says that it's easier and better to climb out for something rather than to climb because you hate where you are. Like, something... He's basically saying that positive motivation is so much stronger than negative motivation. And I just thought that was, like, a nice, cute moral. And that's something Asia always tells me to remember. So I just thought I would pull that out of the text. Yes, that is true. Positive motivation is definitely stronger than negative because you're you're reaching for something, whereas when you're trying to just get away from something, you, you have no path. You're just running, flailing away, you know, so it's much easier to focus on something to work for. So, yes, that is something I would say. <laughs> I know. I thought of you. Um, but, yeah, my reaction was quite similar in that, yeah, I was just like, Anar is literally like Claire's personal trainer, and he's like, he's like, oh, like they're working on their legs, and then he's like, okay, tomorrow we start on your core, and then next month we'll start on your arms. And I was just like, dang, he's like a good personal trainer. Just... Like, yeah, literally training her for the most intense Olympics ever. 
But I don't think we've mentioned, I don't know if we mentioned this before, but like basically this village is described as being located in some kind of canyon or like a really deep ditch on the beach. And the only way out on land is to climb up this very, very high cliff. And obviously Claire is not going to take a boat because, you know, and Claire's not going to take a boat. And she's traumatized, yeah, by being in the ocean stuff. So she's not going to take a boat. So it makes sense that she'd want to do the climb. And as much as for me, this whole section, I don't know if this was, this was probably my second favorite section. I think the first book was still my favorite part because it was relating back to The Giver, which I very much enjoyed. But this would definitely take a close second just because I love Claire and Inar's, uh, like, relationship growing during this and, like, how he's clearly falling in love with her. And so for me, like, I kind of just wish that they would be together and just stay together. But I understand Claire's desire to find Gabe, her son. But when we actually get to her making the climb, this reminds me of the, like, the, all this reading just ra- reminded me of, there was a documentary a little while ago called, like, Free Solo, I think, or something. And it was about this free climber, like, climbing, like, he has, like, no ropes or something. And he broke, like, a world record. And I remember, like, I don't think I actually, I never watched it. But I watched like lots of YouTube videos and stuff because I mean it's really incredible like what he did. And so this just reminded me of that because she was literally climbing with like no safety nets. Like if she would have fell, she would have died. And she made it all the way to the top. So it was kind of like very like inspiring. Like I don't know, in the in the middle of this random series of books, we have an inspirational climbing story. That's what I was saying. It was very it didn't really match up with the rest of the book, but I was enjoying it. And, yeah, I I agree, though. While she was climbing, I was thinking, I was like, one, it's super sad that she left Einar behind because odds are she'll never see him again because she would have to, like, find a way to get down the mountain another way. Yeah. Because she's not going to take a boat. So that was super sad that, like, they have developed this, like, true love and that's, like, free of judgment because, you know, everyone else in the community judges Einar and... Everyone in the community is judging Claire. So it's really beautiful that they've, like, found that. And then she's, like, literally walking away from it. But, you know, she has no choice. But something I was thinking about, I was like, what a transformation for Claire. Like, she's basically a superhuman athlete right now. And before that, in book one, she was, like, a non-thinking teenage girl in Jonas's community. Like, if you take... Such growth. Such growth. I was, like... Again, didn't really match up with the rest of the story, but you know, it was it was a nice it was nice to read. Well, I mean, if you think of it, it just kind of shows that being forced to live in a community where they pick your job and your job can literally just be to th- birth three babies and then do hard physical labor for the rest of your life. And then we told yeah, you, yeah, I good think at that, that you would say that some people are being held back. <laughs> I would definitely say that. I would absolutely agree. She was not being used or even given the chance to use her full potential as a human. Exactly. Whereas, yes, that's all great. She had a great transformation. But I was focused on this bird that she has to get by that she's attacked by not once but twice and, like, sustains these crazy injuries. And I was like, what kind of bird is attacking her? Because, okay, when she described, like, coming upon this nest, like, I don't know why, but, like, I was imagining her, like, it's like a giant nest. Like, the baby birds are giant. The actual bird is giant. Like, I don't know. Like, just to me how it was described, like, which I don't think that I was, was actually the case. I was definitely thinking land before time. Like, I was thinking massive nest. Yeah, like, massive, like, 
like a dinosaur-sized bird. Yes, that's what I was thinking of. Just because of like the dramatics of it, but also because they like just the bird like swoops down and it has a razor sharp beak and it like rips into her flesh. Like I just was like, what kind of bird would do that? But they said it was a it was a black backed gull, which for once I actually looked this up when I was reading it because I wanted to know what it was. And they are huge. It says that they can have a wingspan of up to 5.6 feet, which for me, I'm only five foot one. So that's bigger than me, the wingspan. So like, I guess I could understand this bird attacking her. I mean, and it makes sense. Like it was protecting its babies, but it was a very boss move destroying the nest after being attacked twice. Like she didn't want to have to hurt the baby birds, but the mama bird was going to kill her. So she had to kill the babies. Also, she'd been separated from her baby for, like, eight years now. Like, she's been doing CrossFit for four years. She's like, I'm ready. I'm ready to see my baby. And they're birds. They can fly. Um, I don't know. I think they probably died. The mom survived. But anyway, after that, though, she does finally make it to the top. And then this is when, so Claire and Ina have spoken about his journey up. But this is when we find out. She's like, when I get to the top now... I'll be waiting. For, there'll be a man there, and he will offer me a trade. And Einar said, I just have to accept it. So, like, she's known this during the climb, but she literally says, like, I can't think about that right now. i got to focus on this. Like, her mental health is A-plus because she's able to prioritize and compartmentalize while she's doing the climb. And then she's like, yeah, the, the guy offered Einar a trade, and Einar said no. And then he just chopped his feet off. And so Claire's like, I guess I'm going to have to say yes to whatever he offers me. Like, that was a very dramatic reveal at the end of the climb that she'd just been holding on to that information for the whole mountain. Oh, yeah, because I've been wondering the whole time because, you know, Einar keeps saying, like, you know, whenever he talks about this part of the climb, he's like, that's not the hardest part. The hardest part's going to be at the very top, like what you have to deal with. And I was like, is she going to have to fight like a boss or something like in a video (laughs) game? Like, I don't know what. Again, I don't know what this book is. Unlocked. It could be anything, which I mean, when you think about it, she does essentially talk to a boss character. It's not a fight, but she has to negotiate. And when they were when she was when they were like initially talking about it and she describes like this cloaked man offering a trade, I was like, is this the Grim Reaper? Like, does she have to sell her soul? Like, what are we reading? But even worse, we find out that it's the trade master, which is from Messenger, the last book, obviously, that caused all the chaos in Maddie and Jonas and all of their community or whatever, the, like, healing community that turned them all bad. And the trade master, when he talks to Claire, he says that he wants Claire's youth in exchange for Gabe, which, like we said, she says yes because if the consequences of not saying yes could be terrible. So then we start book three, which is from Gabe's perspective, And we learn that Gabe also has some kind of superpower to kind of, like, know what people are thinking. Like, he can enter into somebody for, like, a moment or a couple moments and feel what they're feeling in that moment. And, like, feel their emotions, hear their thoughts. And he calls this veering. And we also learn that Gabe has lived in a home for orphan boys in the community, which is why he wasn't mentioned in Messenger at all. And he's been wanting to know who his birth mother is. And ironically, there's an old woman who's been watching him for almost seven years, and that is his freaking birth mother. But of course, how would he know that? Because he wouldn't know that his mother 
could be there or, and she shouldn't be that old. But, you know, just a little bit about the community right now. Kira and Jonas are a family and they have one child named Matthew or Matt and another one named Annabelle. And I just thought this was super cute. This was like one of the wholesome moments in the book series for me. Because if you remember at the end of Gathering Blue, Maddie come well, he's Matt at that point. He comes back and he tells Carrie, he's like, there's a boy in this community. He's about your age. And like, you'd be allowed to marry him, even though you're a cripple, which obviously is like a terrible thing to say. But, you know, from his socialized world, that's what he thinks it, you know, the world is. And then like, they didn't end up getting married, which is kind of sweet. And Jonas is no longer the leader. He is the protector of the books, the scholar and the librarian, which honestly seems more appropriate anyway, because he didn't do very much as a leader. I just have to cut in because <laughs> I don't know why I dislike Kira so much. I think it's more like I told Charles about this. Like, I think I just really enjoyed Maddie's character. So for him to have died and Kira to live, I don't know. That's just frustrating for me. And also she has the audacity to name her first child after Matt when like, oh, he deserved to live. She didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and I told Asia this. That it wasn't up to Kira. Kira's power doesn't do that. So it was up to Maddie. And it's not... She was... They were friends. And she honored him by naming her child after him. Like, I don't know. I just... I just... I think it's because I just dislike Gathering Blue so much that I, like... I have no connection to her character. Whereas I feel like I connected to Matt Maddie's character much more. So, like, if I would have wanted one of them to live, it would have been Maddie. Because to me, Kira, and I think, like I said about, it's the age that we read them from. Because Kira was younger, to me, she just wasn't as interesting. Whereas, but now she's, like, super wise. Eh, but I'm just like, you're living on part of time. You stole, you stole Maddie's life. I don't know. That's so just like, unfair. I don't understand why. Like, I can't just be happy for them, but I just can't. I don't understand why you can't be happy for them either. I mean, I can be happy for Jonas. I like Jonas. I don't know. I don't know why. Well, you are wrong. But anyway, so back to, back to this plot. Yeah, the, there's a lot of, like, tragic irony in the first half of book three. Like, it's super frustrating to read because... Gabe is like, he's like, I want to know who my mom is. I'm old enough. I want to go home and figure that out. And his mom is literally right there. Like, it's particularly dramatic because he says he's like, he's, Gabe is the one who is, or, yeah, no, it's Jonas. Jonas, he's worried that there is no one out there for Gabe. Like, he tries to tell Gabe that. He's like, our world, there's not a specific person for you. That's just not how it works. And it's just particularly ironic because Gabe is actually the only person from that world who does have a person, who does have a mother like that. Like, Mm -hmm. it's funny because Jonas is just trying to tell Gabe the truth so that Gabe doesn't get his hopes up. And then, like, it happens to be that that is actually, like, Gabe is actually the only person who does have that option. He's the one exception. Which, this brings us to a point that we can actually have a little bit of an interesting conversation on because Claire talks about how she she feels the trade was worth it. And, like, I'm glad she feels the trade was worth it because she gave up her youth so she'd be able to see Gabe. But 
I don't. <laughs> I don't think it was worth it. I think that I still think she should have stayed with Anar at this point, especially because it, like she said that like she's just happy she got to see him, but she won't talk to him. She's not ready to tell him her story and that she's his mother. So to me, I'm like. You could have just imagined what he looked like. Like, I don't know. At this point in the story, I was like, I don't think that her trade was worth it because she gave up. She gave up her whole life. Like, we, if we say, like, she was with Anar training, like, she got to age, what, like, 18, 19? And then now she's an old woman, like, on the verge of death. Like, she gave up her whole life to see this boy, to not even talk to him, to get to know him. To me, I'm like, if she's not willing to go that extra step, to me, it's not worth it. But... Well, I mean, it's because she loves him and she doesn't want to put him in a difficult situation because, as we see at first. But I'm saying if she doesn't want to put him in a difficult situation, then why would she even have come at all? Like, you know what I mean? Which I'd obviously... She didn't know that she would have to look old. I know, but I'm just saying... She didn't know originally when she went on the quest that she would not be Well, of course not, but I'm just saying, I guess for me, I mean, obviously I don't have any children, so I don't know that bond. But for me, I'm just like... Again, this is at this, like this, is at this point step. in the story. We're going to get further in where then I, I do agree with more, more, agree with her decision more. But at this point, I was like, I don't feel like her decision was worth it if she's not even going to speak to him. Also, because we know from Gabe's perspective that he's dying to know who his mother is. So I'm like, she needs to tell him. Otherwise, like, she didn't even do anything for him. At that point, to me, it was just, like, very, like, selfish. Like, she just gets to see him, but he never gets to know who his mother was. But again... We'll keep going. Yeah. Because it gets better. I would... I agree. I, I do think that it's, like, it's a little strict, like... Yeah. I feel like, especially because she's dying now, she should at least take that step, which she guess she does. Um, But before that, I want to mention... So, Gabe is remembering this conversation with him and Maddie. And this is one of the moments that I thought, like, really frustrated me. Maddie's like, I know you're going to have a gift. Some of us have gifts. And I was just like... This is too convenient. And, like, Gabe looking up to Maddie in the community. Like, it, this is the sort of thing that bothers me as a reader because it takes you out of the reading. As we've said, these books feel really disconnected. And I was pretty frustrated with the... Like, there's no explanation as to why Maddie knows that Gabe has a gift. Like, it just... I don't know. that This section really annoyed me to read because I was like, this doesn't really fit. Yeah, I I definitely agree because even if like Maddie knows, yeah, like he has a gift, he maybe knows that he knows that Kira and Jonas have a gift. So like he knows that like some people have gifts. Like why would he know that Gabe has a gift? Like why would he have that? Like es- especially when in Messenger, the book that we got about Maddie, Gabe was never even mentioned. So it's like it's not really clear that they have like a friendship or anything or a relationship at all because yeah. he's not mentioned at all in the book. Like this just seems like it was made up. Because it it could be one thing for Gabe to look up to Maddie because Maddie obviously was playing a big role in the community as the messenger and he ultimately, like, dies and sacrifices himself. So, like, Gabe could easily say, yes, I looked up to him. But, like, to be like, I've talked with him and he knew these things about me does just seem, it doesn't seem very plausible, like, from what we've been given throughout, like, the series. Yeah, it just feels way too convenient. But anyway, Claire does tell Jonas about Gabe. And Gabe is about to get in his boat and go sail away because he's going to go try to find his mom. And then they tell Gabe. And at first he's like, that can't be my mom. 
But they are able to convince him eventually because... Because they... Jonas has Gabe talk to Mentor, which Mentor, remember from Messenger, was the one who wanted to impress a widow so that he could fall in love with her. So he, we actually learned what he traded. He says he traded his honor to trade master in exchange for beauty. So like, remember he had, he's the one with the birthmark on his face. Like his birthmark faded. He had a bald spot, hair grew in, he grew taller, blah, blah, blah. He became like a beautiful man, but like he said, he became a terrible man. But after Maddie, like, did everything, everything kind of reversed because now Mentor looks like how he used to. He has his birthmark again. He's, like, short and has his bald spot. So, obviously, that means the trades are reversible. So, and, like, talking to Mentor is kind of what Gabe, is what makes Gabe, like, realize that, like, oh, she really could be my mother because this happened and he's like I can do something to like make it go back because if the trades are reversible so obviously at that point again we're getting to a very predictable ending that Gabe is obviously going to kill Trademaster which Jonas tells Gabe that he needs to go kill him and at first Gabe is like what I can't kill somebody but obviously by killing Trademaster that will restore Claire's youth and I'm assuming that like, is there going to be, like, a final battle, I guess? Again, what are these books? Like, we're, like, I literally, like, he's going to go battle Trademaster? There's been no battles throughout the whole series. Yeah, this really annoyed me because Gabe tells Jonas, he's like, okay, I believe you. That must be my mom. How do we save her? And Jonas is like, you must go end him. And Gabe is like, I'm, what, 18? Like, okay, no, 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 no. Wait, go back, go back. Because that's not even how it happens is so Jonas like calls Gabe in or whatever to talk to him. And he's like, you have a power. I know you have a gift or you're going to get a gift. And he's like, you need to kill Trademaster. And then he's like, oh, you're falling asleep. Go to bed. That's what he says. He doesn't even say why. Then the next morning, Jonas is gone because Claire is dying. And so he's at her bedside. And Gabe's like, Jonas just left with no explanation as to why I have to go kill someone. And he finds him or whatever with this random old lady, which is Claire, his mom. And then that's when Jonas, like, explains, this is your mother, and then they go talk to Mentor. So, like, when Jonas initially says it, which also, like, makes no sense why he would lead with that, like, that makes no sense just to make it, I guess, dramatic. I did not like it at all. I was, like, it made, it was way too dramatic and also just, like, completely out of character because he's, like, we have to go end him and... And then the ending is also anticlimactic, even though it's, like, super action booky. I mean, even, like, you know, it's, like, super rom com Like, go kill the bad guy. Gabe, <laughs> he, like, goes to meet Trademaster. And then he, like... Go kill the bad guy. He goes to see Trademaster. And, Trademaster, and he uses his power to go into Trademaster's mind. And he realizes Trademaster is hungry for attention. And Gabe is like... Like a child. <laughs> like, attention and like love. And Gabe is like, you're never going to get that. No one's ever going to like you. You're always going to be a loner. You're so sad. Like, wow. If I were you, I would kill myself. And then Trademaster dies. <laughs> like, that's how it ends. <laughs> is that how you win the battle? You're just, like, a mean girl? You just bully somebody until they give I up? Mean, oh, my God. That's kind God. of what he's saying, that's though. Literally he's literally like... What happened? He's like, you're alone. That's terrible. You're so sad. And, like, no one wants to talk to you. Like, that's basically what he said. That's literally 
that's literally what happens. Whereas what an actual good story should have been is like, we'll accept you as you are. And then like they turn into a good person. So I guess maybe I had described that this was like a very much Disney movie ending, but maybe not so much. <laughs> no, because Disney, they reformed the villain. Whereas the son, the villain melts like the, the Wicked villain. Witch of the West. Well, no, not always. Because like, I'm thinking like Snow White, they kill the evil queen. Sleeping Beauty, don't they kill Maleficent or, like, they banish her or something? I wouldn't know. You're asking the wrong person. Yeah, I feel like in most Disney movies, like, Ursula, dead. Nope, they kill the evil character. But, like, a true, like, a true, like, oh, everyone's going to be happy at the end would be, like, they'd reform the villain. Yeah. But no. Okay, so it is, in a Disney movie ending, it's just that the Disney movie ending isn't so, like bullying somebody into like well also it's super anticlimactic because we haven't built up to that like we haven't like gotten Gabe being like a fighter and it's not really like how he's used his power throughout the whole rest of the book like he's not used his power to like find someone's weaknesses and then shame them for that well yeah like I said I wrote down how you know it's the Disney movie ending because the good guy defeats the bad guy by basically telling the bad guy that they're bad so they can't yes, win that's exactly they what don't. happened because he literally is like, you're bad, so you cannot win. And then he doesn't. He just melts because he's like, oh, my God, I am bad. I'm evil. And, like, I understand Gabe used his veering to be able to, like, enter Trade Master for a second to see his, like, innermost thoughts and feelings and how he was just starving for power and attention. But, like, all he had to do was do that, and then he could just identify that for him and tell him, this is how you feel, and you're nothing, so you shouldn't exist. Like, that is so terrible. Like, I never even thought about it like that. Like, that is like that it, is wrong. We yeah. do not condone bullying on throwback paperback, but that's basically what that was. But overall, like, yes, it's still, like, it just wasn't a satisfying ending at all because it just didn't make any sense. It was, it's just totally out of character for the characters. Like, so for, like, it would have been one thing, even if, like, Claire had, like, somehow, like, regained her youth and, like, soccer punched him. Because Claire used to be, like, an Olympic athlete. But <laughs> but we don't know anything about Gabe. We're just, like, he's a young, pretty boy, and, like, he cried a lot when he was a baby. Like, we... And, like, now he also has a superpower of, like, reading minds. And that's it. And so, like, for him to, like, like identify intrinsic goodness and, like, I don't know, it just... It's something I could say, like, to compare it to is, like, so, for example, in the last book, In Messenger... Maddie was considered the chosen one and he ultimately saves them by the end, which I still didn't like the ending of the book, but at least like that was better established. Like from the beginning, we get the introduction of him learning this power to heal people and animals and stuff. And so he ends up. And so by the end of the book, he heals the whole world. So like that at least makes sense. Gabe, we literally get Gabe for like two chapters before it's like time for him to save the world. Like, we don't know anything about him. Like you said, the only other times we've gotten Gabe in the series was in The Giver when he was literally a baby. The first mentioned, we hear, like, about him, like, again, as a baby in the first book of this, like, when, but it's about Claire. But this is our first introduction to Gabe, like, as a real person. And like you said, like, we don't really know that much about his character because we only get very few chapters with him. So, yeah, it just... It doesn't make sense. And then after the battle, we don't even get the moment of Gabe getting to see what his mother like really looks like because she does regain her youth. She's with Jonas. It literally like the book, like the last page is 
She, like, is getting younger again. She walks outside, and she's like, I see the sun. And Jonas is like, the sun? Her red curls are, like, back. Like, she's coming back into, like, what she looked like before. So I'm assuming she got all her muscles back, her Olympic athlete body. That's what I care about. And then it describes Gabe, like, walking up from the river. The end. That's literally what it says. Like, oh, Claire's standing here. And then Gabe is walking the end. Like, we don't even get that re- like that reunion, that moment of, like, it just feels undone. Like, it doesn't feel complete. And I'm like, if they, if she was going to write, a, like, a happy ending like that, like a Disney movie ending, you have to at least fully commit to that. Like, we don't want half of a happy ending. We want the full thing. We want the, they hug and embrace, Jonas and Kira come out of nowhere, the kids are running around, and, like, fade to black as like it pans up to the sun like they live happily ever after like you know what i mean like we didn't even get we didn't get that it was just unfinished like yeah it just felt like oh, oh now i just remembered i when i finished the book i told charles and i was like giving a metaphor of to me like a disney movie you know like if you think of it like a present disney movie they have nice fancy wrapping paper they wrap it up nicely and they put tie a beautiful bow and ribbon this felt like they put the box down. They didn't even put good wrapping paper because we still didn't like the ending. They put like newspaper and then that was it. They didn't put a bow, nothing. They just were like, that's good enough and threw it out the window. It was just terrible. I'm so mad. Okay. Yeah, I, I think we've established we didn't like the ending of this book. Do you have thoughts on the full series? Because... We're wrapping up the whole series this week, so do you have thoughts on the whole quartet as we read it? Yes. So when I finished the book, I wrote like a little conclusion for my final opinion for the in- like the entire series, but also for just Sun in general. I mean, we pretty much already know how I feel about the books. The Giver was great. It makes sense why it's critically acclaimed. It makes sense why people read it in school. It was a great book. And it was also like a book, I would say, like before its time, because to me, like it does kind of introduce the idea of like dystopian societies that we, you know, all the books we ended up getting, like the Hunger Games, Divergent, that from our generation, we got those books because of a book like The Giver. Gathering Blue, didn't like it. We knew I didn't like it. To me, it was just like not that interesting. Maybe it's just made more for kids. And I also just personally didn't connect with Kira. I didn't like it. I would never read it again. Third book, Messenger, I liked the beginning, but the end flopped, so I'd probably never read that one again. And also, between those two books, I also just feel like, as a series, like, it doesn't connect to The Giver. So, like, Charles has mentioned, like, I would never recommend this as a series. Like, I would I would tell people to read The Giver, but I wouldn't recommend them to read the rest of the books. And then as far as Sun, for this books, I would say that Oh, wait, really quick. I almost forgot. I also wanted to say about The Giver, why I feel it was the most superior book is because the ending. I feel like this series, a big issue we've had is with the endings. Like the book starts out okay, either starts out great, maybe starts out okay, gets better. But then the ending is either predictable, unfinished, or just like not satisfying or anticlimactic. Like it's just Lots of things of why we... For all of them at once. For all of them. But the reason why The Giver to me had a good ending is because it's essentially an ambiguous ending, which in case people don't remember, the end of The Giver is Jonas and Gabe are like on the sled and they're riding in to a new community 
and he talks about like having that memory of like Christmas and being warm and like we know it's snowing and I actually talked about this with another friend and how she was a teacher and she was teaching this to her kids in her class and she was saying how like she talked to the kids and how did Jonas and Gabe actually make it to a new community and they saw new people or did they like were they you know getting like hypothermia and stuff so they felt like they were getting warm so they were actually dying in the snow and hallucinating so it's just like a thing of like you as the reader kind of get to decide what the ending is which to me is just much more satisfying and like just a better written ending than like as opposed to the other books what we got that was like either like again very predictable or incomplete and then for sun the three books of sun how i would say is book one to me could serve as a very nice prequel to the giver book like on its own i thought the book one was pretty well done it was very interesting it was probably my favorite part of this book just because well one we got to go back into the giver universe but we got to hear about it from another perspective and we got to learn about like the birth mothers and stuff like you just you got another side of the giver universe which was honestly the best universe and most like well-developed and then book two would be another like short story about another community kind of like in gathering blue and in messenger how we're like hearing about other communities in the universe to me if you just changed claire's character like and made her into somebody else and instead of her wanting to go find her baby like she ends up falling in love with anar like that could have been another short story that like is again completely separate from the giver and I would have liked that again it would need an ending or something but like that could be okay it would be on the same level as the other ones I guess but probably better because I at least liked the story more and then book three is just garbage that I would just throw it away I would just throw it all away and yeah so that's my final opinion I would only ever recommend someone to only lead the giver and I would never ever tell them that there was even a series that existed okay I don't feel quite so critical but that's only because I do think Gathering Blue as a standalone book, separate from the series, is enjoyable. But I wouldn't... I read it the first time not knowing it was part of a series, so that's why I was able to enjoy it. But this is the anecdote I wanted to mention. So my aunt is actually a librarian. She works in middle school and high school libraries. And so she likes to read books that are like in the curriculum or you know have it in the curriculum or that she's going to recommend to students because, you know, that's her job and she's awesome at it. And I saw her this weekend um, and we were talking because she knows we run this podcast and we were talking about the books and she like read The Giver recently and she's like, oh, that was great. And I was like, we're actually reading it on the show, but we're reading the series and we don't really love the series. And she's like, I had no idea it was a series. And I was like, I wouldn't recommend it to someone if they enjoyed The Giver, because The Giver is so different than the rest of the series. And if you like The Giver for any of the parts of The Giver that you would like, you're not going to really get those throughout the rest. Yes, you kind of get it a little bit in the first part of Sun, and like maybe you'll get closure with the character of Gabe, but it's not an even great closure at the end. But like you have to slog through a bunch of other worlds that are not related and make no sense to get there. <laughs> because as we've... <laughs> As we've talked about, like the you have to you have to crawl through the trenches, and at the end you don't even get the satisfying ending. That's what I'm saying. Like she couldn't have at least given us the moment where they're actually reunited. But it's especially like, because just, like, like think about where is like this super high tech society, and then all the other societies aren't. But we never got any explanation. Like it just doesn't work 
so if if someone were to tell me they like the giver i would tell them okay now you should read the hunger games like i wouldn't tell them you should read the rest of the series yeah it is just like it's just such a disappointment when you think about like i mean we just spent we're we've spent eight weeks reading these books and we got nothing from it nothing of value it's a hard yikes for sure Oh, so yeah, I, yeah, we just only read The Giver. If you're going to read this, just read The Giver, and like Charles said, then read The Hunger Games. Like, read something else. Yeah, just because the thing is, the things that people like about The Giver just aren't going to carry over into the rest of the series, so there's, like, you're just going to be set up for disappointment. If you like talking about Thread, go ahead, read Gathering Blue, but you really don't need to read Messenger, because it's kind of boring, and there's that you really, could just really listen gross... to our two episodes on it, and you get enough. That's, that's yeah, good enough. and you'll laugh because well, we're, we're funny. Whereas in if you actually read Messenger, you have to read those terrible descriptions of the vines attacking them. Oh God, disgusting! And it, you can't read Sun because you're reading Sun. All of a sudden, they're like, and I and his legs were chopped off. Like, no payoff for that either. So I would, yeah, maybe just listen to our episodes and then read the Hunger Games instead. Yes. So I think that's it then. Right? I think so. I think we're just going to get go on further tangents of dislike if we keep talking about this. Yeah, so, conclusion, garbage, just only read the giver. But I am very glad to be moving on to our next series, which we are going to be starting the Divergent trilogy next week. And we're going to be reading the first book, Divergent, chapters 1 through 20. So if you're going to read that, read up to there. And as always, if you do have predictions, theories, or questions, or comments, if you want to talk about the series with us, convince us that we're wrong, just stay in touch with us directly on the Nerd Party Network website. Just head over to nerdparty.com slash contact, select direct paperback. You can also send us an email directly there, or you can get in touch with the network on Twitter at Jordan Nerd Party, Instagram at The Nerd Party, Facebook.com slash The Nerd Party. And to find me, I'm at C.E. Sheeland on Twitter. And at Seashells on Instagram. And I'm at Asia Bonia on Twitter and at Asia.Bonia on Instagram. If you enjoyed this, make sure that you rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends. And of course, check out the other podcasts on the Nerd Party Network. And make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss us next week. Yes, hit that subscribe. Have a good one. We will see you next week. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.